Welcome to WLNM, the web novel and manga review hosted by Zeke Changuris. Welcome to WLNM, the web light novel and manga review, the podcast dedicated to bringing our listeners, the artists, writers, and independent creators that are part of this renaissance of publishing, giving us stories to entertain and inspire us. Today, we welcome Michael and Hadi, the co-authors of Lord of Goblins, Volume 1. Welcome to the podcast, gentlemen. Thanks for having us. All right, so it's nice to be here. Hey, I am I am very happy to have both of you on. Um, so who wants to start by telling me about Lord of Goblins? I guess I'll start about it. So, I mean, to sum it up, uh, the plot itself, it's, I mean, it sounds kind of basic. You know, you have this guy who achieves almost everything he wants in his original world, but he gets assassinated gets reincarnated into another world as, you know, the lowest of the low. I mean, he's not exactly a goblin, but he's like a subspecies. So he's lower than a goblin, um, you know, to say. Um, well, the story is about him, like, progressing, climbing up his way in this new social ladder and he finds himself in, um, you know, it, it's it's a slow read, I think, like the first few 50, 50 pages of me. But once... You know, you build up the, you know, the the foundation of the story, and you go further. You see him like he's making these groups, he's going on expeditions, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I don't want to go too far into the okay. story, but we don't want to put any spoilers. Yep, yes. exactly. So, um, is this a, is his reincarnation into a uh, a more struggling persona? Is that a karmic thing? Is is he being punished, or is it just a, kind of a happenstance kind of thing? Yeah, it's kind of random. Okay, it's not some it's like, karmic lesson or anything like that. Yep, it's like more um, just, just fate, fate being fate to him, and just putting him in this even worse position that he started with. Okay, so fate being fickle. Many of yep. us, many of us uh, football fans know about that. Um, Fate can be a very fickle mistress when it comes to uh, whether it's a goal or not. So, all right. Um, okay, this is a collab. Uh, this is collaboration between you two. Um, well, how about each of you telling me what got you into writing? Were you always writers or was this something that you decided, you know, to start when you got older? I know some people have been telling stories since elementary school and then others writers who didn't start until they were in their 30s. So what what sparked the idea to take a story and put it together and get it out there? So I guess I'm one of those people that's you know started in elementary school. Um, I have like books at home in the attic filled with sketches and you know this little stickman uh, comics and all stuff. And just, I know I just started with that for I think until I was 12 years old and then I just stopped um, until 2018. That's when I like start writing short stories on my own, just for myself to, I guess, relax a bit and I learn a new thing. Like writing was pretty new to me back then, especially in English. And eventually, I found web novel, like the site, and I just posted so uh, some st short stories on there, which of course didn't pick up or I did anything important, but you know they were out there and I had written them. And that's when I was like. Um, 
I, I was just browsing some other stories on web novel and that's when I found Hadi actually. So, <laughs> so, so, uh, Hadi, how did, uh, you start off, uh, in your, your, uh, writing lifestyle? Yeah. In my case, when I was, okay, I'm not that old anyway, just 23 or so, but, uh, saying in, in kindergarten, the youth, the teacher told us to say, to, she chose the, <clears throat> she chose one of us to say a story and every time it, eventually became me. When I was a kid, I used to say some fascinating tales in front of the class. And that's, and I used to also draw a lot and my creativity was kind of great. Yeah, it's my first podcast. I'm kind of nervous. It's all right. It's just like we're uh, sitting at a pub or a bar and I'm asking you the questions. It, all right. It, yeah, just think of it that way. Yeah, so I've begun as a kid telling some stories to my class. Then I started drawing my own and drawing my own art. But uh, when it came when it came to my art, I didn't share a lot with the others because over time they got bored. Eventually, I found Guzella, where I started writing a novel after reading some of them. My first novel was more of a copycat, which I'm still embarrassed about to this day. We all have but, one of those. Don't worry. Yeah. But my second one was a little better. It was also based upon a game, but I made the story. It was something of my own. Eventually, I got more into video games and stopped writing for a while until I found Royal Road and, you know, translations for web novels and light novels and stuff like that. I wrote my own story on Royal Road and I once asked for a cover, and there I met Mike. Exactly. <laughs> so, so uh, did this, um, oh, uh, to quickly uh, backtrack, never apologize for um, anything that uh, you're taking from a prompt. Um, that's how I see, that's what I yeah, consider fan. Yeah, but I it was an actual copycat. Yeah, I can see. That's why I apologize. <laughs> It's all right. Um, we all we have all put something out there that we're uh, not thrilled that others have read because uh, either it's amateurish or we completely ripped somebody else off. Uh, it's the growing pains of being a writer. So never feel too guilty about that one. Um, but OK, so you, you met on Royal Road. It was it just did it start from commenting about each other's stories? Well, it's it's really random actually how it happened. Um, so I was like learning Photoshop back then, and I was like searching for some stuff to do. Um, I had no clients or you know paying clients back then, and I just messaged um, the author of a popular story back then. Like you have this weekly popular uh, section on Web Novel and on Royal Road, and that's where I found his first novel that he like seriously started writing, but we never finished it, um, and I just messaged him if he needed a cover because um, I read some some parts of his story. Um, yeah, and <laughs> and so I just messaged him and he was like, yeah, sure. Um, and I was like, I'll do it for free. And that's when <laughs> that's when the friendship started. <laughs> so so how does how does this work? Um, is have you when you were setting up this story, was it a matter of um, 
you both got together and like, okay, these are the elements I like. And uh, Hadi was like, these are the elements I like. So how can we make them a story? Or was it, you know, is one of you kind of going along more for the ride with the other? It, how does how this collaboration work? I mean, it was kind of like we were on the same frequency. Um, when we started speaking, like we immediately we connected. We had the same interests, you know, the same uh, series we liked, um, books we liked. And then I was just randomly talking to him and I said to him, um, what if we just create a story together sometime? Because I didn't have enough time to write one uh, by myself. You know, um, you know, right now we need to write a new volume every six months or something. So, you know, you constantly have to put out a word count. So I wasn't sure of myself if I could do that. Um, for once, I was like, maybe if I just write with someone else that you know I like and has the same ideas for a novel, that could work out. So that's when Hadi was also um, fond of the idea and we just started off rambling, like what should be the genre? Both of us immediately, it should be a monster reincarnation because we both like those kind of novels. Um, you know, you can take Spider as an example, Slime, um, Overlord all things that we I mean, I like. Yeah, Goblin Kingdom, stuff like that. We are just inspired by the setting. Um, instead of, you know, the strong hero that gets reincarnated to save uh, someone or beat the Demon Lord, um, we always like to have the protagonist start off as a weak creature or just a monster in general and work his way up the dungeon or wherever he is uh, situated. And that's where we pick it off with a lot of goblins. Okay. Um, that's, you know, that, that, that's a really unique story. I've talked to a lot of um, writers over my lifetime and even more so in the last year. And that's a very unique um, story because collaboration is a hard thing, especially among creative people. Um, creatives tend to be very- clash against each other. Yeah. It, it's there's a lot of trust there between uh, you two, uh, and that's impressive to me. So yeah, we we do trust each other, but I also have to note that like we're both lazy, and our laziness cancels each other's out. So <laughs> we're like we constantly. I'm like if 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 Hadi isn't writing, I'm just constantly being like Hadi, are you in a doc? Are you in a doc yet? Are you writing? And he's like, sure, sure. And when I'm I'm slacking, he's like, Mike, go get in the dock. So we so, kind of cancel our laziness. So, so you're using on, this like get a, in, Mike. Through Google, through you're doing this like through an open uh, an open doc, like in Google Docs. Yeah, Google Docs. Yeah, Google Docs. That's great. Um, so, what part of this uh, universe do you think that you've created is the is like the most interesting part of the universe. Uh, what what sets this fantasy world uh, makes it? What makes this fantasy world different? Do you think than other places? I think it has to do with how much information we reveal about it during the story itself, because from the reader's perspective, you know they get the story, but much of it is still unknown, and they know that there is has been this event in the past. Um, and that there wasn't anything left of, of that civilization where in a time where love is. But you know, we, should, we like to surely reveal it and build up like that, which means that we're also uh, not sure ourselves because we haven't outlined the story that far. We yeah, do know. 
It relies on instincts as well. Yeah, it, it is we like that. We like right, we build the, the world as we itself. go. <laughs> the story writes itself. So, so, Ahadi, you're saying that you know you guys are are operating on instinct and not with uh, not with a hard outline of what you're well, working on. Well, in the beginning, we used to rely mostly on instinct. Yep. But this new. <laughs> Yeah, it was the first volume. We didn't know it, if it would catch on or not. But over time, we we made a process. We start some outlines. We start working upon them. But as the story writes itself, sometimes you find the characters defy the outlines, and you have to modify you have to modify the blueprint to work with the novel and with the directions going in. Yeah, I generally call that. Uh either writing yourself into and then out of a corner where you start writing and you're like oh crap it doesn't seem to work with the way i want it to go i need to start changing things and uh, oh that can we... be a very very challenging moment for writers yeah we yes. have that a lot uh, especially with the outline i like how you said um like when, when you try to make an outline we're like all right, this sounds good, this sounds good. Let's continue with our topics. But then when we actually start writing it, we're like halfway and then we look at each other and like, what, what are you writing right now? This, this doesn't worry like that. And then, you know, we have to go back to the outline, edit it again. And sometimes we're just like, let's just skip the outline. Just, just, just go in the dock and we're gonna write for three hours in a row and then we'll see what happens. That's <laughs> marking the abyss. What could go wrong? What could go wrong, yeah. So, um, how, I guess, how many drafts did you do of the first one? I mean, did you send it, did you kind of like shuttle back and forth on uh, who does the uh, big edits? Oh, yeah, the first, uh, the first draft was, well, we changed a lot. Like we rewrote yeah. a lot of chapters. Yeah, we, we had early on when we first started the story, we were just going on, you know, instinct. We had an, an, a clue about the, the world later on, but we just went on which led to us having inconsistencies between chapters and the readers got really pissed about the inconsistencies. We also had um, like this sister because um, Lev, the, the protagonist has this sister when he wakes up and everyone on railroad hated that sister. They wanted to, us to kill her off. And uh, <laughs> if, I mean, we kept her, we kept her. We were, we were, we were like, no, yeah. um, we're not going to kill the, her off, please. <laughs> the end we were surprised. Some people actually now like her. Yeah, That's strangely enough. Evolution of character, I guess. So, um, okay, you, you, you do a dis kind of a discovery writing process because that uh, seems to fit your kind of style. So because you're doing a, a discovery style process, uh, have you written things that have surprised you? Have you gotten to written something and been like, wow, I didn't see that coming. Even though I'm the creator of this universe, I didn't see that happening. Have you ever written something like that? Hmm. Mm, I think I guess... one of the battle scenarios, as in, so fights can be quite, uh, you can predict fights. They can be quite chaotic. So when you write, you write, you write. You find the character, you find that it's better to make, you find the characters make some unexpected moves. Yeah, I've, I've said this to Harry before, but um, when you're like really in 
the writing mood. You just start going off, you know, start tapping away. It feels like, you know, the characters are kind of showing you what you need to write, if you know what I mean. So it just goes, with, you, you just go for the flow. And then when it's done, you look back at it the next day and you're like, wow. Well, it didn't turn out that bad. Yeah, right. So, uh, Hadi, um, what do you think your uh, your strongest style of scene to write is? Uh, are you good with the backgrounds? Are you good with dialogue? What What is your strong suit? I think I'm better with the background. I can handle the dialogue and we do exchange that between time. We do that between us. Um, I'm look. I'm usually fluent with English, but uh, you know, with the, with your first podcast, you can be quite nervous. <laughs> so, so how about uh, how about you, Michael? What's what's your uh, strong suit? What do you think your your strong suit when it comes to writing is? Thing has to do with um, dialogue, definitely dialogue, and I guess I am also like into the backstory a bit, but we are, we both are, of course. But I think I'm better the, um, a bit better in the, in the dialogue because we sometimes joke about um, Hadi using the same expressions like ten times in the same paragraph. Um, Trust me, I, as, that- as, an editor, <laughs> as an editor, I deal with uh, crutch words all the time. I have a writer who works for me uh, in my side job, and. Uh, he really uses absolutely, absolutely every other sentence. So, yeah, I, I do understand uh, what it's like to have someone with a crutch word. Like, and just to be to be clear, um, it's it's both of us. Like, we both use the same words a lot, and we kind of infected each other with the same words. You know, when, once you see it uh, appearing, <laughs> reappearing, and you're like, oh. I'm also using that word now. <laughs> Let's go. And we, we clone each other's uh, words. It's like a virus. It's such a yes. virus. And and then when we we first gave uh, Moonquill our manuscript, ma- manuscript, they were like, "You have like 50 times his side in in this chapter. Please yeah. <laughs> rewrite your manuscript." Um, we did. And that. he smiled. One time this chapter. <laughs> he yeah. smiled. He glared in the process. <laughs> All that <Yes>. stuff. <laughs> hey, it's. It, it is one of those things that you do have to find yourself catching uh, that you're like, is there another way to say this? Really? <laughs> it, this is what I want him to say, but is there really another way to say this? And uh, you ask yourself the source is your friend. Yeah. <laughs> when it comes to this, the thesaurus and other sites and other dictionaries like it are your friend. Yes, yes. definitely. Yes. Oh, now, one of the first you know, my first attempts at writing anything long, I didn't understand how to write prose. I, I, so everything was like the character's name and then what they said, the character, uh, next character's name and what they said, then what they did, and then the character's name and what they said. It yeah, was, it, it wasn't can quite, get a, quite monotone. Yes. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It, it took a while. Uh, it took a lot of reading to make me a better writer. So same, yeah. So what what are you reading that that what or what have you read that has do you think influenced you as a writer? Well, mm. in my case, it's Overseer by Celestia, Dungeon Games, and if you're if you were early for Roy Road, you you also know Rehamster. Mostly, most of the old uh, Roy Road works. Sadly, most of the authors of that period of time 
kind of went away. You can't find them anymore. I mean, uh, how about you, Michael? Who has who is, who is well, influenced you? I guess it's just like a whole bunch of novels, basically, especially light novels more recently, because I actually started reading light novels in 2019, so that's very recent. Before that, I was more into uh, Belgian comics, actually. I read a, okay. lot, a lot of comics, um, mostly action, uh, out of fantasy, sci-fi. Um, I think I've, my first night level was Sword Art Online, so I guess started there. Like the Isekai kind of genre, um, the Red Hole of Isekai. And then um, I moved on with other novels um, and series. Overlord. Um, Overlord, yeah, it's also a big one. Um, I guess, you know, the typical ones, like I mentioned before, Slime, uh, Spider, all those. Um, yeah, I mean, they all of them inspired me, basically. I can't really point at one novel and be like, yeah, this is like the novel that did it for me, or, you know. Okay, well, okay. You, both, you, you both seem to like a Sekai. So what a Sekai world would you prefer to be reincarnated in? Hmm. That's a tough question, because there are many worlds that have many aspects that you desire in your life. Example, think of a magical world. Imagine you have all of those great powers, everything, but you have to keep in mind the danger of living in such a world. There are many worlds, many ideas, many things you can think of, but it's hard to choose one. You can live in a sci-fi, you can live in a magical world, you can live in... Of course, I wouldn't live in a, in a Xantia novel. <laughs> I hate cultivation. <laughs> You know, I, I would say I definitely wouldn't want to be reincarnated into um, North Goblin's world. That's for sure, <laughs> because we um, well, we made a pretty shitty world Long for uh, for MC. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, when I think of like hardcore, oh, kind of like a Sekai that is a bleak world, uh, 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 Grimgar, uh, fantasy and ash. Yeah, Grimgar. Yeah. Yeah, that, Grimgar. To exactly. talk about a story that I always describe it as it is the story of a soldier's like the slog of a soldier's life. Get up in the morning, you have to go hunting, you have to, you know, you you sleep in the cold, you have to, you know, and death can come any second. Yes, exactly. You could get your throat slit by goblin. You could get you can get eaten by an abomination, a mutant. You yeah. never know what happened. Exactly, and that that always it, it felt very real, a very real soldier story, even though it was taking place in a different, uh, in a fantasy world. It just felt so like yeah, overbearing. Like you were, especially since. Sorry, continue. No, go ahead. Especially since if you die in Grimgar, you wouldn't stay dead. Yes, you'd like to become an undead. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, though, you know, I, I don't know whether I necessarily always think of uh, SAO as a Sekai, but if even with the death game as, as, as the likely option, if I had the chance to go to full dive VR and end up in SAO, that, that's my kind of world. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's my kind of world. It's just, uh, I, I really enjoy the idea of uh, all those skills and it's just hardcore adventuring um but uh 
Yeah, yeah speaking I, speaking about skills and, and systems, that's also something Lord of Goblins doesn't have. You were talking about like the you know, the soldier um, yeah. seeing his daily life. Well, that's kind of what happens in Lord of Goblins, actually. You know, you have this slave, you meet him, you see his daily routine. He's going to the mining quarters or he's getting tasks from the task manager. And then, you know, you, you see his chores, his um, expressions, uh, conversations with his sister, like mundane things. Um, yeah, it will. And I like that you, you – so you're saying you, you don't go overly heavy in the, oh, they got this skill or that skill kind of thing. My Yeah, my there's, no R, there's no nope. RPG system. Yeah, there's my, no system. My, my, late, my latest rant has been uh, I have enjoyed the shield, the S.H.I.E.L.D. hero novels. I really have. But there are some times where the, the author just goes on and on about leveling up and – what this skill does and what that skill does. And to me, it kills the momentum of the story. I know there are plenty of people out there who find that absolutely fascinating, but uh, I, I'd like a little more movement sometimes. Yeah, it's, it's like you, you read this paragraph and then in between it's just like a page long system log. Yes. And then once, once you've read over that, you're like, oh, I'm already out of the flow. I need to get back into the story. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, I find it kind of interrupts things for me, but that's how some of these... Uh, uh, some of these writers, I mean, there's, there is an appetite for it, or they wouldn't be selling all the books. Um, definitely, definitely, especially yeah. on the on web novel sites like Lord of Goblins didn't have a lot of success on, say, Railroad or whatever. And, I think, yeah, two twenty followers or so. Yeah, two hundred twenty followers. I think our max was two hundred fifty when we were in trending for a month. I think two hundred twenty, dude. But still. You it's something do, you have yeah. people reading your work and that's why you're writing it's so exactly. you can read your work and that in itself is important and that itself is accomplishment uh because you know there's plenty of people who write and put out words and uh don't get yeah, much, don't 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 get many comments and as embarrassing at times as this is one of my that's most shocking yeah, that's what successful Charles... stories it was no, sorry no it's just one of my most successful stories that i got people to enjoy and read was a story i wrote for my younger sister many years ago where i wrote about her in the world of my little pony and i put that on, on my little pony fan fiction site and <laughs> It got quite a few, it, it, you know, it got like a hundred people who read the story. And I'm like, holy crap, for a short story I wrote as a birthday present, this really did well. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it, it made me feel very, very good. I mean, uh, so it's, yeah, having people read your books, uh, read your stories is, is an accomplishment. And it really does, uh, it makes it feel like, yeah, I'm not just screaming into the void. <laughs> That's true, but that's yeah, like it's... also what what happened with us. Like we we just continued writing and we didn't actually care about it anymore. At first, we did, of course, like refresh a page and just see if we got any followers, and we did get some. But it didn't hinder us from continuing to write or enjoy the process of writing itself. And like yeah. every small comment was something special to us. We you know something. Yeah, the and best it's there. thing is when people. The best thing you can find is people enjoying your work. You see, one of the reasons I abandoned my own novel is because there weren't many comments. That can kill the novel. It can make you get bored. Yes. 
yeah, it's I, definitely I, like this 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 balance between like you almost stop writing and then you see this one comment and it's like please continue and where's the next chapter and you're like all right i'm going i'm going back in the dock i'm going back in i'm going to continue <laughs> right um i'm trying to think oh shoot i can't remember i had a, a great story in the back of my head about a, a writer recently he was about to give up on writing uh and he wrote out of his genre and that and he's like you know what i'm going to just write this because this is the oh the author who wrote uh traveling Lit witch elena um which was created into an anime recently he had written other stuff and nothing had done really well and he's like you know what I i'm going to give up on this mm. and so he decides you know what i'm going to write for me i'm going to write the kind of story that i want instead of something that fits in a, a genre like the other stuff that he's been trying to write he had tried to write and that's the one that gained traction that's the one that people liked and, and yeah and, and kind of made his career so it's it's quite fascinating to see how that um how that one little you know decision to focus on writing for enjoyment writing for what you want to write can can really change the way people perceive what you're what is putting on the page yeah that's also what i have experienced when i was also writing another story along with lord of goblins um just to uh, no lord of goblins wasn't doing that great but i also wanted to write something that would be read i guess um like it's a classic system novel you know yeah but I didn't like writing it. I mean, it picked off, but every time I look back to it, I was like, this isn't what I want to write, you know? And you just go back to Lord of Goblins, and that's like, yeah, I'm, now I feel better now. I'm, I'm back to my old manuscript. I can continue writing. And then you just drop the old story or the other story and just go back to what you like writing, even if the, the other novel is doing better because it has the tropes that people like to read on that side, for example. Okay. Yeah. So um, what can we... Are you, okay. Sometimes when people get to chapter, chapter two, to volume two, uh, they can take a very sharp left turn or right turn, you know, and throw, um, you know, throw some things at you that you weren't expecting. Uh, it, so is is your second volume going to feel like the first volume, or is it going to feel very very different? Hmm. Well. The second volume is a bit of an extension to the first because the first ends with, I guess, a cliffhanger, um, okay. quite a quite vague cliffhanger, actually. So it kind of, you know, yeah, it kind of binds in with volume one. So it doesn't change a lot. They're still in this cavern that they started in volume one. They're still on an expedition to, to trying to finish it and go back to uh, the upper levels of the cavern. So, you know, the world hasn't changed a lot and the characters haven't changed a lot. But the second volume is more about the interaction with the characters that you've come to know in volume one. Okay. So I guess it's it's a bit of the same with some new interactions. But speaking of change, uh, volume three is, is going to be quite different from volume one and two because it's you know it, the world opens up. There are more possibilities now. It, it isn't just one cave system. Well, that 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 that's a nice tease for uh, <laughs> exactly. anybody who's reading. So uh, anything you'd like to add, uh, Hadi? Not really this time. Mike Oops. explained it better than than I. <clears throat> Mike explained it better than I can do, to be honest. 
do uh, take a look online on Amazon.com, which is, you know, where everybody buys everything nowadays uh, for a copy of your book. And if you're listening and you enjoy conversations like this, please hit the subscribe button. And until next time, keep reading. This has been a WLNM podcast.